Counter-Attack Podcast with myself, Daps. Get this remote control out of the way. Um, guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing, and all of that good stuff. Um, I'm back again. Going to give a quick you know, recap of the weekend and all the talking points. And um, obviously, today is fresh in my mind with... Um, oh, wait. Also, guys, I've started doing shorts now. I know I'm a bit late to the party. So... If you see a short, like it and all of that stuff, get the algorithms going. Um, I've already, I put one short out. It didn't get that many views, but like I got like 30 subscribers from it. So yeah, guys, right. Between now and the end of the year, I'm trying to get up to 6,000 subscribers. No, six and a half thousand subscribers. If we can get to seven, that's going to be cool. But I'm just going to bang it out because... I don't do, I don't work hard enough when it comes to that side of things. I just put the content out and that's it. But um, yeah, guys, so obviously now, weekend's games have happened um, since the last time we spoke. Chelsea have um, signed Casiedo, Lavia, Liverpool got Endo. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought let's, let's start with them. And do you know what? They lost 3-1 today. And if I'm being totally honest, it was poor from them. Like, they played some really good stuff, but when I say it was, it's poor from them, I'm talking more in the sense of the fact that West Ham had a player sent off and I think they played almost half an hour, definitely 20 minutes, but I think maybe half an hour without, um, without that player and Chelsea just could not make them pay for it. And... As much, as much as they've got the new players, and yes, it's only two games in, and yes, the new players have to be bedded in. Cassiero didn't even start. Lavia wasn't there. But you still expect them to go on and push on and, and beat West Ham, who, who had 10 men. And West Ham did well. You know, they got the early goal. James Ward-Prowse with his assist. They did well. They got the early goal. Chukwu Emeka, like, mate, Chukwu Emeka, he got his... Um, he got a good goal to make it 1-1 and, you know, he's he's a real good prospect and I don't know, he's gone off again. It looks like another knee injury. I hope it's not a knee injury, you know, hope, you know, everything is, is good with him. But if it is another knee injury, then we have to look at what's going on. Um, it might be coincidence that there's just all of these um, injuries happening all of a sudden, but... If it's not, then we need to be, we need to look into it. I say we. When I say we, I mean like whoever needs to look into it needs to look into it and um, just really go on and, and dig deeper into why it's happening. You know, should there be concerns over the amount of games people are playing or or the amount of added time and, and all of that? Like why is it that there's so many knee injuries happening? So um, that's something that needs to be, that needs to be looked into. And he looks good, man. And, and again, last week on last week's pod, I spoke about um, Raheem Sterling and how people need to respect him. And I've been saying it throughout preseason that Raheem Sterling is looking—he's looking good in terms of like he's—he's he's looking sharp. He's looking like the Raheem of old. And today was no different. I think throughout that game, even though they lost, he can come out that game with his head um, held high. He was a constant threat and he won the penalty for them, which Enzo missed. Um, and for me, um, I think I think it's good to see. And, you know, just going by what I'm seeing online with people saying, oh, Raheem, 
yeah, this is what we need and blah, 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 blah. And, and it was coming from a lot of people who, who were saying it as a way of like now saying, oh, this is different to the Raheem I've been cussing, you know, and dissing all of this time. But again, I, I think we, I think we live in a time where we flip flap between weeks and stuff like that. Someone, someone during, um, someone on Twitter actually said to me today that um, one one good game doesn't doesn't make him a good player or, or something. I don't, I forgot what he was saying, but he was saying that he's not good enough to be in a top four, top six team. And and this is someone who I actually interact with regularly. And to be totally honest, I couldn't agree with that because that's just not true. And Raheem Sterling is a big, big player. And um, for me, what what we saw last season, which was blighted by injuries, isn't... And also, he was playing in a very poor Chelsea team. So um, that, that isn't going to make me change my mind or make me suddenly think or say he's a bad player because he's really not. But yeah, anyway, Nicholas Jackson looked good again as well, man. But um, what I what I want to talk about in regards to that match, and we're going to get to Casiedo having an absolute howler when he came on. I wouldn't read too much into it, to be honest. For banter purposes, yeah, it's good that he had a howler because, you know, it's, it's, it's going to give us ammo for jokes and stuff like that. But I wouldn't be too concerned um, about that if I was him or if I was Chelsea supporters because we know the quality that he has and and um, we know the quality he possesses and also he hasn't played in a while and he looked a bit you know he didn't look sharp let's 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 just say that so um, it sucks to be him right now giving away that penalty but it is what it is um, I was just about to say something else. yeah what I do want to touch on is and if you're a West Ham fan or a West Ham supporter, let me know. And I'm going to clip this up, this bit. So West Ham fans, yeah, it's very rare I talk about you on this podcast because there's nothing to really talk about in terms of good or bad with you guys. No, it's not rare, actually. No, no, I, I do talk about you a lot. But yeah, West Ham fans, like this is, this is for you, this part. I watch you guys, whenever I do watch you guys, and I watch you, I like to think regularly, especially last season when, you know, you guys had a couple of um, European games and stuff like that, won the, won the cup. And whenever you lot do play in the league and it's on TV, um, I do watch it. And the question I have for West Ham fans is, are you guys happy with um, Suchek? Because I look at Suchek when he first came and yes, he was scoring all the goals and, and everything, but now that the goals have dried up, I look at what he actually does during the game, and I don't know. Like a whole game can can go and and pass us by, and you won't know what he's done throughout the whole of it. And um, as as a West Ham fan, what what do you guys think about that? Like, what do you guys think about him? And do you lot demand more, or is there something that I'm not seeing when it comes to Suchek? Because yeah, Moyes loves him and. I struggle to see why. I'm not saying he's rubbish, whatever. I, I just struggle to see what he offers on a consistent basis that warrants him playing every week. So if you're a West Ham fan, or even even if you're not a West Ham fan, but you know, just let me know because I'm I'm struggling here. And um, yeah, that's 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 what I've got to say on, on him. Uh, Paqueta, with all these betting allegations, um, 
He looked a bit off it, if I'm being totally honest. For the first the first half, he looked a bit off it. He came alive in the second half. He came alive in the second half and obviously, you know, got the penalty. But he looked a bit off it. And um, it's going to be interesting to see the punishment that gets handed out to him if he is found guilty of um, the betting allegations. And especially because especially it's so close to so soon after... Ivan Tony's got his ban. So it's going to be interesting to see the ban that he gets if he is found guilty. So um, no, no doubt they're probably going to say, I don't know this context and nuances and all of this stuff. But um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have to see. But yeah, no, Chelsea, I don't know, man. They, they looked, it was a bit, of, a bit of the same old from last season where they've got, they've got all of the, they've got all of the possession and, and stuff. They got all the possession, but it just wasn't clicking for them. They've got um, players that are just, you know, I, I spoke about Nicholas Jackson and and I like him a lot. But someone said to me, he doesn't look like the sort of striker that's going to get you 15 to 20 goals a season. And at the time I said, no, nah, he's going to score goals. And I've looked at him over the last two, to, the last two games and he does a lot of the the early stuff well. He does a lot of the build-up stuff well. Is he going to get you goals? It's, it's two games in, but that's something just to keep an eye on. Um, Enzo, you know, th- there's been a lot said about Enzo this week because of how he performed last week against Liverpool. And now that he's got Casiedo and um, Navia next to him, I didn't see anything special today, if I'm being totally honest. So I'm not going to say anything other than it was just a one-off game because he was great last week. So I don't know. But yeah, it's not all of a sudden we've gone from them looking like, oh, they might actually gatecrash the top four to this is what um, Chelsea have been doing. This is what they do last season. They just all bite, no bark. No, all bite, all bark, no bite. All bark, no bite. That's the one. And um, if that is the case, then Pochettino's got a, a big... Um, a big job in his hand and I'm still going to say that Chelsea will finish just outside the top four because I do believe that it's a season too soon for them to be challenging but there was a lot of good stuff played there's positives to be taken I know for banter purposes we have to act like there ain't but there were positives to be taken like I said Nicholas Jackson is a great positive they did play some nice stuff and they've got players who once they really gel will will you know come together and and impact things in a positive way. So, um, yeah, that's 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 what I've I've got to say about. It. Let me know what you guys think about that game, man. And and um, the players. Oh, Mudrik. Oh my gosh. I'm hoping Mudrik can somehow turn it around because I said he was looking sharp in preseason, and I think he's gonna have a decent season. But all of that preseason stuff. This is why it doesn't matter. Like he comes on the pitch today, and there was one where. He's got the ball, yeah, and he slips over. Another one, he's got a shot on goal. It goes out almost for a throw and then Raheem Sterling tries to keep it in only to be caught offside. So it's not happening for him right now. So hopefully we can, um, we hopefully he can, you know, turn it around just for him and for Chelsea's sake. But I do, th- I do think my, my thing of them finishing outside the top four, I do think that's still going to be a thing, 100%. And, um, yeah, let me know what, what you guys think about that, man. And, you know, we move, we move. 
Next topic. Oh my gosh. Tottenham versus Manchester United. Right, listen. Manchester United have a massive, massive job on their hands. Right. It was the same thing against Wolves. Midfield is just not good enough. You know, you've got Mount and Bruno in there who just basically just don't really offer any sort of protection. So Bruno, Bruno, so Casemiro is having to do everything by himself and he can't do it. And what's happened is that he's actually starting to look like a bad player all of a sudden just because of the responsibility that he's been given and the fact that he he isn't going to be able to do it. Um, Mount, again, like last week, I'm just going to give him, you know, he's, 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 set, he's settling in. I'm not going to crucify him too much because I think there's other players in there who should be, um, who should be doing more to to help the team. So when I say that, I say Bruno, he's not doing enough. First two games, he is not doing enough, and he's a massive part of why they're starting slow. As as the captain, you need to lead by example, and he's not leading by example. Um, and then you got ah uh, Rashford's a bit of a a tough one because he's so starved at the at the moment of um yeah Rashford's so starved of of service right now but also I just don't think that Rashford is a number 9 if I'm being totally honest I think he's much better when he's coming off the left wing facing up the defenders or running in behind I, I don't I don't think he's he's a striker um and it shows with his movements at times it shows that when he does get the ball he wants to drift out to the wing and then operate there and um yeah he, yeah so that, that's that's a problem obviously they've got a striker that they bought and you know when he comes i expect him to start and expect rashford to go back out to the left but there's there's just so many problems and and people were speaking people were speaking about united and the glazers not backing them and backing ten hag and you know when you look at the money that ten hag has actually been allowed to spend since he's been in the club there's a lot of money spent. He ha he has actually been backed. So we can talk about you know the training ground and the infrastructure and what all you like call. Cool, that's not really my expertise, but I don't really know much about that. What I do know is that he has been given a lot of money to spend on the team, and they are his signings, and they have not worked. And this is what has been put out. So you know. Martinez was his signing. They've now got Onana. He's been backed with Mount. He's been backed with Anthony. You know, Anthony, listen, I said it last week about Anthony, but Ten Hag is responsible for players like um, Anthony. So when you say he hasn't been backed, he hasn't had money to spend, he spent 80 million. 80 million on Anthony. That's his player. He is responsible for that. You know, he spent the 65 on, or however it was, on Mount. Like you can't, you can't keep saying that he, this manager hasn't been backed. And at some point, and I'm not here to say Ten Hag needs to go, but he needs to take a lot of responsibility for what is out there right now. Yes, there are still players who are left over from um, from previous um, managers and stuff like that. But there's also players there who are his players, but also players with real good quality who should be doing better. So. You know, the way he sets up the team, the, the way he, he wants a team to play and everything, right now, with the results that are going out, it's his, 
you can't blame the Glazers for that. He has to take some responsibility. The players have to take some responsibility. And um, that's what I'm going to say on that. But yesterday, they didn't, outside of the first 20 minutes maybe, they didn't really look like they were going to win that game at all. Like, they just were not at it. And, you know, players were were, were running were, were, were running through at will. Um, Basuma had a great game. That's the Basuma that Tottenham thought they were getting last year. And it just lets you know that if a manager doesn't fancy you, there's nothing you can do. Because Conte was there and Basuma did not get a look in. And even when he did come, he was low on confidence or playing a, a game that's not his game. But, you know, it just goes to show this new manager. I don't want to say Tottenham manager's name because I can't um, pronounce it, but we move. But the Tottenham manager, you can tell he's come, he's put his arm around him and said, listen, you're my main man in that midfield. So much so that Hoiberg is, is starting on the bench and there's rumours of him going because Basuma's there and Basuma put in a performance where it was just like, I'm the man in this midfield. He was breaking up play. He was he was keeping the play moving, transitioning. He was transitioning well between midfield and and attacking and and him with Saar as well playing alongside him. They just looked like a a sturdy midfield. You know, too often before like you can get you can have your way with that midfield when Skip's in there and Hoybeg's in there, but they just looked like a sturdy midfield yesterday. And you know. It was good to see for their fans, not for me as an Arsenal fan, but for them, it was good to see. You know, Son, I still want a bit more from Son, but it's, it's early on in the season, so I'm not really going to dig too deep into that. Madison looked really good. Mad Madison looked, looked really, really good. And um, Tottenham got a real, real good buy there. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, was, it was very, very good for them, um, from them and very poor from United. So... Um, United better sort it out because it looks like there's going to be, there's a load of teams who are levelling up right now. Like the teams around them, in and around them, they've all improved. Liverpool aren't going to be as bad as last year. Liverpool, Arsenal aren't going to be, well, hopefully going to be in and around it. Man City are going to be there. Chelsea are going to be pushing them. And then you've got Brighton and then you've got Newcastle and Newcastle against Man City whilst, whilst I'm there. But before I go there, let me know what your thoughts are on the United game and where you think it went wrong for them, where you think they're going to finish in this season. And it's early on, but just, just let me know your thoughts in the comments and and I'll, I'm going to be commenting back, guys. So remember, it's the road to, to six and a half thousand. So I need to gain a thousand subscribers in the next four months. And I've got that. I've got that. Um, so let me just turn this off. So yeah, um, yeah. So Man City versus Newcastle. Listen, I was very disappointed with Newcastle because Newcastle have this hype right now and and they've got the energy right now. And people are saying, even me, me myself included, us like everyone saying that they're going to really push on and kick on and and have a big say in the title race. But I think yesterday just showed that they're not ready to. To challenge, and I know it's only two games in, but the gulf in quality between them, obviously, we know is massive. But it's just not that; it's just the way that you could just tell they're not ready, and and they didn't look like a team that was that was ready to even challenge Man City over ninety minutes. They looked a shadow of themselves, and and um, 
yeah, it looked like the occasion, even though it was just the second game of the season, it just looked like it got to them. And I was, yeah, I was, I was just massively disappointed by them. And Man, Man City didn't have to do anything major to win that game. And I think that's also the most disappointing thing, the fact that they didn't have to, the fact that they didn't really get out of second gear and, and Newcastle didn't really challenge or push them to need to go into into different gears. So, um, yeah, I was, I was a bit disappointed with that. Obviously, Man City got their, got their win and everything. And we've got uh, Foden. Okay, so... Here's the thing with the whole Foden and Saka thing. First of all, I don't like that people always have to compare Foden to Saka. Let's have it right. Foden is naturally better in terms of ability. But in terms of who impacts games more on a consistent basis, you are going to struggle to find anyone that says Foden does that more than Saka. I don't, Saka doesn't have to be better in terms of ability. But for me, where Saka is better in terms of who I want in my team, is that no matter where you play him on the pitch, no matter who you play him, um, no matter what team he's playing in, as we see with England, he impacts the game in a positive way. What I didn't like about yesterday was that Foden had a good game and he had a very, very good game. And he's a good player, so I would expect that every now and then he had a good game. And all of a sudden, people are like, oh, Saka can't do the Saka can't. But Foden doesn't do it consistently. We just saw on Wednesday, on Wednesday against um, Sevilla, where he started the game, in his preferred position, he didn't do anything. Do you know what I mean? We see time and time again, that's what happens, to the point where Pep will leave him out the team. But he has one good performance in however many games, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, generational, and blah, 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 blah. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I think when it comes to Saka and the whole Foden thing, we need to differentiate between ability and actual effectiveness impact in games consistency and if we're talking about that then Saka all day long for me I think most people would pick Saka if I'm being totally honest when you see him play for England do you really notice Foden does Foden really play like that Saka plays one of the first names on the team sheet after Harry Kane of course come on but yeah so I, I, I don't I didn't really like that whole Foden narrative and everything but we move we move and um yeah, so that was that. So I'm just flying through right now, and um, Liverpool. I'm totally. Let me remind myself what the Liverpool. I think Liverpool is three one. Let me just remind myself. It's so good to have the Premier League back, you know. Honestly, uh, matches. So Liverpool yesterday was three one. Yes, and they had a player sent off, McAllister, if I remember. Yeah, McAllister got sent off as well. So, yeah, 3-1 against Bournemouth. I feel like Bournemouth, they got at they got at Liverpool a bit, got their early goal. You know, they let Liverpool off the hook, I, I think, because they didn't really push on and and really punish Liverpool for, you know, for some of the mistakes that they were making. But at the same time, once Liverpool got their goal, um, they looked they looked much better. Luis Diaz is such a good player. Luis Diaz, honestly, he's you can see how much of a big miss he was last last season, and um, to have him back and fit, different different player. But again, we know they need a number six. I mean, they brought Endo. Endo came on, and you could, you could see he just wasn't up to speed yet. And a lot of people were like laughing at him or bantering him. But 
it's to expect. He's coming from Germany, first game in, you know, at Anfield, you know, with the pace of the Premier League, and he's. Thir- I didn't realize he was thirty. They bought a thirty-year-old, you know, which is, I don't know, the, not the. It's not the make the makeup of player in terms of the age range and stuff that I would expect Klopp to bring in, but I think it's a short-term fix for a long-term issue that 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 they that they need to um, address. So he came on, you know, he did all right. I mean, no, 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 he he, he struggled, but it's his first game, so I'm not going to read too too much into that. But I think once they sort out that position and McAllister can go to his his preferred position, then um, then they'll look much better. Sobozlai, I think that's his name. Sobozlai, I can never pronounce his name. Different. I think he's showing why a load of top clubs wanted him before he made the move to um, in Germany. I think before he came to Liverpool and before he went to there, a load of clubs wanted him, including Arsenal. And and when I saw him play like a year ago and I said, no, nah, I wanted him. That is why, because he he's a player that he doesn't need to just set settle in. I mean, he still needs to settle in, obviously, but you can see his quality from the get-go. You don't need to wait six months for that because he's he can go up and down the pitch, box to box. But also, he's got the creative nous to to create stuff and bring other players in and and impact the game defensively and um, offensively. And um, and he's a creative spark that Liverpool have been missing in that midfield. And I felt like he had a really, really good game. And I feel like Klopp already, you can see, that's, that is Klopp's kind of player. So Boslight is Klopp all over. And, you know, with the way, you know, he can work, he can press, he can get stuck in. But also, he, he does the, the finer things in regards to picking out a pass and having an eye for goal. Um, he's got that. So Liverpool have a real good player there, man. And, you know, just like I said, we all know if they get that number six or if Endo actually comes and, you know, plays well, then, um, you know, Liverpool Liverpool will be up there, which is another reason why I say United need to be careful because, listen, there's no easy games in this in this league, especially when you're not performing, especially when you're not up to scratch, especially when you're a team that is just not with it. So, yeah, with, with, with that being said, Liverpool could... Liverpool might make the top four again. I don't know. Um, we'll just talk for it. Let me just let me just stop until we're at least halfway into the into the season, yeah, and we can actually make a real judgment call on it. But um, but yeah, um, what else? Oh my gosh, Brighton! How can I forget? How can I forget about Brighton? So Brighton are moving crazy right now because it. <sighs> It shows, with them, it shows that no matter, and I think I said this last week, no matter who they lose, they get a player to just fit into that system. And, you know, there was a time where it reminds me of, like, Arsenal under Wenger for a while, when players who were deemed average, or not, not that special players, but they were great in whatever system Arsene Wenger was playing at the time. But then they they left that system and they looked a shadow of themselves. So we can talk about Flamini, we can talk about Kleb, we can talk about Nazri. Do you get what I'm saying? Who looks real good in the system, but then once you take them out, and for Brighton that seems to be the case with a lot of their players. Not to say that they don't 
Sean went once to leave Brighton, but I'm saying they don't have to be the greatest of players when you when they first get them, but they could be great in that system. So Mitoma, no one knew who he was. Casiedo, no one knew who he particularly was. Trossard was a player who was good enough. Mope was a good um was good in, in, in the Brighton system. I know it's under different managers and stuff, but still, you know, if I even go through their team now, Solly March is looking like a, a, a brand new player. Um they got that Encisco player, they've got um Estupinan, whatever his name is, like so their players are just whatever system the Zerbi has got them playing, it works well for them. And, you know, it, it allows them the freedom to play and the freedom to create, the freedom to go on and score goals and score real good goals and be real attacking whilst also having a solid base and being compact. And it's it's an interesting way that they play. Um, but like I said, like last, last season they had a lot, you know, People struggled against them, and people will struggle against them to the, um, this this season. I'm not looking forward to playing against them. I know a few managers are probably not looking forward to to playing against them because they're like they can get any bottom half you know standard team out of it quickly, but they also possess the thing to get a top side out of it quickly. So that's what makes them so difficult. Whether or not they can do it consistently and go on and win a league think that well I don't think that they're there yet but enough to get into the top four and really disrupt things 100% 100% um what else is there to talk about Luton, Wolves, Fulham, Tottenham, Man City, Newcastle, Villa, Villa 4-0, Everton are going to struggle man, Everton they they oh, they're going to sh- I didn't know Ashley Young went there. I didn't actually know it until I was watching the game today, but yeah, Ever- Everton are, are really going to struggle. Like, they brought Sean Dash in to th- Everton brought Sean Dash in to steady the ship and help them, make them survive relegation. He's done that now, but now that he's here for the whole season, is he the right sort of manager to allow them to push on and not just you know, um, survive because there's a lot of, with Sean Dash, there's a lot of survival in there. Like, when I look at his team, the way they set up and the players that he's, that he's got, not even the players that he's got, but just, yeah, just the way they're set up and the way that they play, it's survival. It's not, they're not set up, they've not got the players to go on and, and push on in regards to what I'm seeing on that pitch. And, um, yeah, they're really going to struggle, I, I think, because today they, they were bad. And, yes, they had a couple of injuries today, cool, but... They were bad, and and Villa looked like a completely different team, you know, from shipping however many goals they shipped last week to um, scoring four today. Yeah, they're gonna. Um, yeah, I, I I think they're really really gonna struggle. But let me see what else there is to talk about. And guys, just remember, like, just let me know what you what you think. I'm gonna start doing. Um, live call-ins as well. So when you're hearing this, if there's anything, if there's anyone whatsoever that wants to jump on, I was meant to do it on the last podcast, but it got too late. But if there's anyone that wants to jump on and have a call on one of my podcasts, then um, we can do it live. Like Just DM me. DM me your number or DM me to say you want to jump on and then 
I'll, I'll let you know how, how we'll do it from there. But, um, yeah, that's it from me, though, man. But um, I don't think there's... Obviously, the women, England lost in the final. Also, on, on that, yeah, it's unlucky for them, but they did need a lot of luck to get to the final. But I'm not even going to thing because you need luck to luck in tournaments to get to finals and stuff like that I think any team that has physical presence so we saw with Colombia we saw with Nigeria England really struggle and they're lucky to, to get out of it any team that relies solely on that technique and you know it's a slower kind of pace and there's not really the physical element to it England will get them out of here quickly so but today Spain had both physical but also technically they're superior because English players like the English players in terms of the women are technically superior to a lot of different, like to a lot of nations in regards to their movements, how they keep the ball. They're a bit ahead of um, a lot of nations, bar maybe USA, Spain definitely, and Brazil. Yeah, but so, so Spain keep the ball better, they're stronger, and they just have that, that know-how. And I don't know how, why they got that know-how because that's their first final, but... It's something that's just ingrained in nations, if you know what I mean. Like, they had this number six. Oh, what's it? Is it Bon Mata? I might be butchering the name. Such a good player. They had a, their number 10 as well was just like Busquets. Like, mate. And their striker as well, really, really good striker. So, unlucky England. I think the English manager, in terms of the women's football, the English manager, she has to shoulder some blame because I think taking off Russo at halftime was a bad call. I think even if you're going to leave it 15, 10, 15 minutes into the second half, then you do that. But once you take her off, you leave yourself short of that option. And they needed that option later on when they were chasing the game. Um, what else? Lauren James should have started that game. I think when you go into those games, you, you, you play your, your best players. You play your players who are on form. And, and Lauren James was a no-brainer for me. When she came on, obviously it didn't change the... The, um, the game in regards to the result but it had an impact on the, on how the game was going so and it gave them something else to think about so I definitely think she should have started but you know what European Championship winners World Cup finalists they're, they're, they're doing okay man so yeah guys let me know what you think about the pod if you want to jump on on a call let me know whenever you see a short watch it and like it Guys, if you're watching this, I don't care what comment you put, just comment. I'll get back. Like, help me get to 7,000 before the end of the year. Guys, oh, and guests are coming on. Yeah, guys, I'm out. <laughs>